Hi everyone, it's Anna. Welcome to Humans Behind the Business Podcast. Today, we have very, 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 very special guest, Ben Farley. He's an investor, entrepreneur, and crystal interested. Hi, Ben. How Hello, are you? Anna. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, 2023. Yeah. Yes, I'm very optimistic about this year, actually. Me too. I don't know why. I don't have any, like, factual reasons, but I'm very, very, very optimistic. Well, it's good. It's good to start with optimism as a, a good yes. starting point. Uh, I think, like, it's, itself out. It's, it's a good choice to start with some positive it vibes. And it is. Absolutely. Give to ourselves some positivity. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Thank you for accepting my invitation. Yeah, well, thanks for and inviting thank me. Thank you for, for this... Uh, ability to share your experience because i know that you are a very experienced person mm. very rich. battle scarred i like to say <laughs> <laughs> tell me why did you accept my invitation i like what you're doing anna i really like it i think it's uh it's a, a great venture that you're going on oh, i think thank it's you. it's it's interesting you know i think very often in the world of business and entrepreneurialism i think there are there's a focus on the real big people you know it's the elon musks it's the jeff bezos's um and whilst they're very interesting i think actually there's much more to be learned from uh the everyday entrepreneur you know people that have had successes and failures and gone through struggles and i think you are on a journey to uncover some really interesting stories and i think that's uh that's something to be celebrated and I wanted to be part of that in some way so I'm glad you invited me. Thank you very much for your kind words. Uh -huh. Actually like you you really got my goal of working on humans behind the business because we all have like even people that didn't like reach the success they wish have very very interesting interesting stories yeah. and uh, I just want to share them. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. It's a it's a great idea. It's a great yeah. idea. I mean, some of the most interesting people I know are people that have failed far more than they've succeeded. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a great thing that you're doing and I'm excited it's, to be. It's about timing, I think. Sometimes it takes more time for some people and it's quick for some others. So, yeah, and, and a lot of people give I'm up. Sending some, I'm sending some positive vibes to the people who are now not like what they wish. We will yeah. give them today some hope. It's all about timing. You're right. Don't give yeah. up. Don't give up. Mm -hmm. in, the, in the introduction, I introduced you as an investor, entrepreneur, mm. and crypto interested. Yeah. Are you okay with this uh, introduction? Yeah. Or do you I want like maybe that. to add I like, something? I like that introduction. Yeah. I mean, I've always struggled. You know, I've always struggled. I think I, I said this to you last time we spoke. I've always struggled with the term entrepreneur. Uh, because it uh, it implies that, uh, I don't know, it, it does make you think of the big players. You know, it makes you think of the Jeff Bezos's and the Elon Musk. And, you know, Bill I've Gates. had... Yeah, he will be I try not to say his name <laughs> if I can help it. Um, uh, it, it, may, it makes you think of those big people. And, um, and I've had... I've had some successes in business, you know, we've, I've built some big businesses, but I've also failed a lot. 
Um, but yeah, I think I'm probably happy with with the term entrepreneur investor. Definitely, um, you know, I'm very lucky now to be able to work with some interesting startups and consulting and kind of giving back and uh, yeah, crypto interested. De- I definitely was one of the early adopters in uh, in the crypto space. I'm very happy to talk about that because I had a podcast from 2017 up until uh, December 2022. We did the final uh, episode of crypto pulse season two just four weeks ago so uh yeah we've uh, had a, the opportunity to interview some really great minds in the crypto space and that's been uh, a learning experience in itself um, but yeah very happy to talk about any of those things actually this is like the hide inside of being an interviewer or podcaster isn't it like you, 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 you always learn actually you're uh, always uh, meeting some like great people and just uh, having them like one face to face and asking them all the questions you like. Yeah, and I always used to say that it's like a free, it's like free mentoring. You know, if yeah. you get if you get great guests on that know their stuff and they have a really unique perspective, and you're in charge of asking the questions and you've got them for a whole hour. I mean, it's it's the best thing. Yes, it's it's great actually. Mm. But uh, the the first thing I like to ask about usually yeah. is how did you get your first dollar? <laughs> um so i i used to work in hospitality years ago and i and i think uh i think i when we spoke briefly before i told you that i was a terrible employee i was completely unemployable every job i ever had i was fired from uh and i realized very quickly that i had to figure out a way to make some money that didn't rely on having a job Uh, and so I spent a lot of my evenings when I worked in bars and I worked in restaurants and retail, I, I spent my evenings learning how to design, learning how to do graphic design, logos, flyers, posters. And this is, we're talking 12, 13 years ago, so it's a while. Um, and I'd always loved design. Graphic design was always my passion. You know, I always, uh, I always thought that good design could bring an idea to life. And uh, I was serving somebody in a bar who was telling me about their idea for a club night. And they were looking for somebody who could design a flyer or a poster for this particular club night. And I just immediately, and probably maybe quite stupidly, just said, yeah, great, I can do, <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And, and I don't like, know oh, how to do it, but yeah, I can I do it. I don't I don't know yeah I, well I didn't say this obviously but in my head I was thinking do I do I know how to do this I'm not sure I mean I'd I'd been practicing and working on my own projects and uh yeah I just about figured my way around photoshop but anyway I I said I could do it I agreed to design this flyer and uh he agreed to pay me 30 bucks so that was the first I think that was the first invoice I ever sent it was a small amount but For anybody that's freelanced or anyone that's built a business or they built a SaaS, that first that first pound or that Invoice. first dollar that you make mm. is it's addictive. You know, you realize that wow, all of a sudden I can leverage it's, knowledge. It's the real first love. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at the time when I was a barman, I was earning, I don't know, eight dollars an hour thirteen years ago. Eight dollars an hour. So for me to, you know, design a flyer. That's pretty, pretty, pretty good. I mean, granted, the fl- I think it took me probably about five or six hours <laughs> to do it at the time. But like, how did you like? What, what was the process? Because like selling, it's not all, only creating the product. It's also yeah. like to keep finding 
the customers, clients to improve yeah. your your capacity? Yeah, well, I I like people and I like networking. I like building relationships, and I'm good at uh, good at spotting opportunities when I'm having those conversations. So I think a lot of my early client base was really just through me being a loudmouth, you know, just me being in a room, speaking to the right people and uh, selling selling my skills. Um, but yeah, I mean, this particular client, I sort of sat down and we had a few drinks and talked about, you know, what his project was and I really got into it. And I think I was excited for him. You know, I was really excited. I was excited for him. I was excited about his idea for this club night. And I think uh, that helped me help me secure the job. Um and I and I tried to keep that going with all of my freelance work is to be it, it was to be excited in uh, their project as much as they are. It's it's very very interesting to be excited for other people's projects. Mm. We can say that it's not like hundred percent freelancer like mentality. It's more like employee mentality. They want yeah. it's, it's it's kind of new to me to to see this uh, like mindset in like freelancer life yeah yeah and i think it's um i think it's important you know i think i think it is and i think i've realized that the older that i've gotten as well is that actually you know we choose the work to some degree you know entrepreneurs and solopreneurs we have the capacity to choose the work that we do and it doesn't have to always be about the money um you know obviously we have bills to pay and We've got to make sure that we have a roof over our head. But actually, it's it's also important to be passionate. It's also important to do something that you love um, and work with people that you like on things that really, uh, you know, spark your imagination and make you feel um, like you're doing valuable work. And I think that's that's for me more important than the money. And I've always found, actually, that by taking that route in life, The money always follows. The money, the I, money I always know, comes. But like from your experience, it is easy to find like ideas that you like and people that you love. It's yeah. It's kind of how can I say it? It's kind of uh, uh, idealistic. Mm. I don't know if you you get really my question. It's sometimes in real life, like even if we are like. Um, working as an employee or freelancer or like working on Tadia, we are sometimes obliged to work with some people we don't really like. Yeah, you're right. And, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Did you have yeah. like this this situation? Definitely. Yeah. I mean I um yeah, you can't always do that straight away, granted. I mean when I you know when yeah. I was freelancing I had to I had to take contracts to work with people that I didn't like. I had to because as I say we've got bills to pay. I've got to keep a roof over my head. But Um, you know, I think as we move through our journey as entrepreneurs and, you know, we we kind of build build a base for ourselves and, you know, we have, you know, home and we have an income. I think I think that's the point that you get, you know, when you're financially free, that's when you can start making decisions about who yeah. you work with. And I think that's, you know, that's I'm very fortunate to have reached that stage in my life now where we have financial freedom and, and I have the ability to choose how I spend my time and with who, which is We will talk about numbers. Yeah, later. we'll, don't we'll talk about that. Later. <laughs> don't we'll talk worry. About <laughs> and again, we'll after like like start, you start uh, you started as a free freelancer. Mm -hmm. How did things evolve later? 
How did they evolve? Yeah, so I uh, I think we spoke about this. My first love was always music. I was a, I, I, when I was a kid, I was convinced I was going to be a musician. I thought I was going to be a musician in a band. I thought I'd be the lead singer of a band, but it just never happened for me. Um, and I, I sort of parked that dream for a while. I still play guitar and you know sing a bit, but but I, I parked the dream to focus on my career. And um, I found my design work. One day, a guy reached out to me who was just a a connection through a friend who was a, a music manager and he was managing two decent size acts in the UK some musicians that had you know had some success here and he needed design work doing for these these your two favorite band maybe uh, it wasn't my favorite band no it wasn't even genre that I liked but they were good but they were great you know they were but, they but were do- <laughs> who, who was your favorite band who That's was my favorite band? oh god you really put me on the spot mm. so I was I, I was a <laughs> I was such an emo kid, you know, emo music, like, um, I don't know, Good Charlotte, Dashboard Confessionals, Blink-182, and some of the old school rock stuff, like, um, I don't know. I may know some old school. Dire Straits, Fleetwood Mac, Led Zeppelin. Yeah, Led Zeppelin. Okay, Led Zeppelin. All right. Yeah, cool. So, yeah. Woo! I knew someone. One out of five. I know someone. <laughs> I am good. No, that's I'm good. good. That's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got yeah, quite a niche music taste, I would say. But um, yeah, I, I got, uh, got to this meeting with this guy, and he was saying, look, you know, we we need some stuff doing. We need it done really quickly. I hear you've just started your business. Um, is this something you can take on? And I said, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Of course, I can. As as I always do, and uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. I sort of I got to spend some time with him and learn about um, what he was doing in the music industry, and got to kind of talk to him about my passion for music and independent musicians. And we decided that actually there was a a massive gap in the market for an agency offering services in the independent music sector, and when and and not just design. So we we realized that independent musicians worldwide uh, didn't have access to uh, label level services. So they didn't have people to make their music videos. They didn't have people to do their styling. They didn't have uh, people to do their PR campaigns or even release their music. Uh, They didn't have, you know, so many different things that they needed to reach success. So we decided that we would start uh, a company together and the the agency was called the famous company and uh initially we started out with just two clients which are the clients that uh my business partner brought they had already and yeah we we built a website and we focused on seo and twitter marketing and uh, the company's still alive today you can go check it out at thefamousco.com and you can see some of the work that we did but we Yeah, we we had some success and we scaled that business really quickly from uh yeah, from the first the first 12 months we went from just two clients to 80 clients in the UK. Uh then we raised some money and we went out to private equity, raised a million dollars and opened an office and studio complex in Los Angeles. Um and it was at that point that the business started getting more difficult because we had two offices and a bigger team and we'd scaled and I was still young and you know, didn't really have the leadership skills to, to sort of cope with how quickly we'd grown. But it it was a really brilliant venture. And um, yeah, that was my first major step into the world of uh, 
being an entrepreneur and running and building a business and uh it was great I, got, I was hooked but how did you manage like the the, the second uh, um, was it level where you were both in England and uh, in the United States yeah well I didn't sleep very much um so. <laughs> I didn't expect that yeah. <laughs> a lot a lot of uh yeah well the i mean the flight to the uk to la was eight hours so that so it wasn't you know not the worst i could be there relatively quickly but yeah it was just a lot of not sleeping very much a lot of being jet lagged most of the time um it was difficult because we'd get to the end of the day in the uk and la would just be waking up um and when we had a brand new team there it was tricky because we had to you know, these people had just been trained. We just taught them how to run the business, mm. but they needed our support. So five o'clock would come, we'd shut the UK office. And then my business partner and I, we'd uh, make ourselves available to the LA team from nine o'clock in the morning, sometimes right the way through until two, three o'clock in the morning. So uh, yeah, it's, not a lot of sleep. It's very complicated actually. Yeah, complicated. Yeah. And uh, just lots of coffee, lots of coffee. And um And building the thing that really worked is that before we opened the office in the States is we spent a lot of time on systems and processes. Uh, so automating as much as we could in the business. Um, we wrote training manuals. Uh, we made sure that every, every part of the business was documented. So uh, we actually had a training manual, which was a full guide to how everything in the business runs. And I think putting all of that preparation into how the UK office run giving it then to the LA team. I think that eased the pressure a little bit. But um, yeah, it was tough. And as I say, I was, I was 26 years old. We scaled really quickly. We went then from uh, 80 clients in the UK to nearly 300 clients across both offices. Uh, we were working with uh, independent... It, it was actually my, my next question. Yeah. How did you like manage the expansion in United States? Because in England, it's your country, your culture, your people, the music, mm -hmm. you know, everyone. Like, like after two or three years in in the in the like um, on the pitch <laughs> yeah people 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 know you but yeah. in the united states how like did you good. use the the people there yeah it's a good question well it interesting that the business model for the famous company was actually better suited to la Um, we were charging clients up front for our services and then we were we weren't taking any cut of their um, so we weren't taking any management fees and in in the states and specifically LA they they're used to that you know they're used to paying for services and they know that to get you know to get a quality product they need to pay for it and artists out there are willing to invest in their career much more so than they were back here in the UK um, so the business model was a better fit. And then I suppose we'd spent a lot of time creating a really glossy, polished brand for the agency. So our website was very, very polished. We had lots of promotional videos. Um, we had interviews with all the UK team. Um, we, we also had a lot of success stories to take into the US. So we'd We'd run uh, U.S. club campaigns. We'd run billboard campaigns. So we'd done we'd done a lot of stuff. So you know we we had a good offering, and the only thing really that was missing was good salespeople that could do the business development work. You know, line up meetings, uh, have the meetings, and close the deals. So 
we'd spent before we opened the LA office, we'd spent six months building an SEO strategy specifically for LA. So the leads were coming in to LA. And then we had one great salesperson, our first salesperson that picked up the leads that came through the website, he set up the meetings and then uh, sold them their packages. So it was yeah, it was we we were very methodical about it. I remember being really, really structured and organized with it. And I think if we hadn't been, I'm not sure it would have worked at all. Um, maybe too organized, but it, it, it worked. And that's the main thing. Actually, it's 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 very interesting because like you are describing someone who's managing a huge group mm. to mm-hmm. two countries. And today I know that you are working on like some digital products. Yeah. It's like a huge shift. Yeah. How yeah. like that happened? Uh, I <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that the <laughs> challenge in this in this episode is like you have <laughs> very like diverse experiences. Mm. How can we bring that up? How do we yeah, how do we cover them all? Well, mm. I So I think maybe just to touch on a failure, because I I really think this is important. You know, I think Mm. we talk about successes quite a lot in business. And actually, sometimes you learn a lot more from the failings. So I uh, we had the agency, the famous company was really successful. We had lots of clients. It was all going well. The investors were happy. And I decided um, as the chief exec of the company that I wanted to pivot into a digital product. And I had this idea that we could digitalize the agency business model so we'd build an app that connected service providers to musicians uh they would do all of their business through the app and we would just take a tiny cut of the fee like fiverr for example exactly exactly like fiverr for the music industry um but also with a social network element so people could share their music they could share the projects they were working on um and it was a collaborative space but also allowed you to do business so i have this idea Famous was going so well. Uh, my ego was not in check. <laughs> I thought this is going to be great. What can go wrong? But, but but what? How? I'm sorry. But yeah. how did you validate this this idea? Well, I didn't validate like, it. Yeah, that's uh, that's the problem. I mean, I I <laughs> I, 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 I assumed. Yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, I thought because the agency was going so well, I thought there's no way that a digital pivot of this would fail. So I thought, let, let's just build it because the agency is going well. I've built this business. It's not that different. Let's just go and do it. So I went out uh, back to private equity again and raised a small pre-seed round of just $200,000. And um, my plan was then to hire in a team because I'm not a technical founder. I don't code and I you know, needed to bring that talent into the business. It's true, so. And um, yeah, then we the, the the day the money landed in the bank account after I'd been out for you know three months speaking to angel investors trying to get the money. The day the money landed in the bank account, I was watching the TV and the COVID nineteen outbreak had just started. So, <laughs> so and I'm not saying that's that's the only reason that this didn't go well, but it it was it, we were off to a bad start. Um, we'd just signed a lease on a brand new office in the city that I lived in. Uh, I had the whole team ready to hire. I'd found my head of product. I'd found my developers and we signed the lease. And a week later, we went, the whole world went into lockdown. So 
I very quickly had to learn the skills of managing a team online remotely, remotely. which I'd never done before. And um, it was much harder. You know, I like being with people. I like brainstorming. I like the energy of being with people. And, and yeah, I love that. Um, so I had to I had to figure out a different way of doing it. And I think I the lockdowns impacted my mental health considerably you know I really struggled with not being around people not spending time with friends um the gyms were closed you know we all the things that I used to do to manage my mental health well you know were, were really difficult to do so I think really that tough. that yeah and I th- and I think I made some bad decisions I think I steered the business in the wrong direction um we didn't find product market fit we spent money on the wrong areas. We burned through our cash very, very quickly. Building a tech product's really expensive uh, if you don't have a technical co-founder. And yeah, I think a combination of all of those things made it, you know, made it really difficult. But that said, we, you know, we had a little bit of success with it. We had tens of thousands of downloads. We had a really active community. We were the front page of uh, Europe's biggest independent music magazine. So, we, you know, we had a little bit of success, but we decided last year that it was just not, not worth continuing. So we decided to, to move on from that project, which was really difficult because, as I say, music was my first love. And I really wanted to build an app that was going to help independent musicians that you know that was the reason I was doing it but it wasn't to be and uh that was my first real lesson in failure and it took me some time to pick myself up from that um so to go back to your original question which I think was why am I now building some small apps um it I just just because I enjoy it, just because I, I enjoy it. And as I said, we, I, we're kind of in a place now where we have financial freedom. We're very fortunate and I love building things. You know, I love building things no matter how big or small. Um, I, yeah, I get a, the same buzz out of building a really small SaaS product as I do building a, you know, a multi-million pound agency. Yeah. So um, I think after the failure of, uh you know 20 2019 2020 i'm now just slowly getting but back into you know i was uh, reading a book i think mm. you did too. it's it's name i think lean startup or startup lean yeah, I, yeah, yeah. like here. yeah and uh, in some chapter he, he the, the author was talking about uh how to like to stop trying and mm. uh, and the importance of like really decide to stop yeah trying with the same product and the same situation and i that i don't know i i was i will ask a question and i will maybe do the (laughs) conclusion later did you Mm. give it like uh, second chance to the music application did i give a second chance to yeah Yeah, it's a good, it's an interesting question. I think quitting's really hard. Quitting's really hard. And yeah. everything that, every, you know, the thing that people tell you in business is that, you know, don't quit, persevere, keep going. Even when it's really hard, just keep going, keep going, keep going. But there is such a thing as tactical quitting and quitting at the right time. And, and it's difficult to know when that is. But for me, we'd exhausted all of our funding options We'd spoken to l- literally hundreds of investors that had all said no. 
we hadn't we didn't get enough traction um we couldn't monetize the app quick enough to generate enough cash to pay for new features um i had to get rid of all the team and my my motivation had gone you know i'd I'd given it so much for two Mm. years my motivation had gone so i so no i in that respect i didn't give it another chance i think i got to that point and then realized that you know we have to yeah we have to finish this now but but now like we are in 2023 what do you think Mm. was the wrong decision Mm. because maybe for me i don't like maybe give you some the positions maybe you didn't validate validate the 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 idea maybe you did it was not niched enough or maybe it's the timing no or do you think it's something else I think it's a lot of things. <laughs> I think it was a, a combination of <laughs> all of those things, all of those things and more. Yeah. I think I, I think I had some cognitive bias and I think I probably made some bad decisions. Like I said, I thought because the agency had done so well, I didn't think that we could fail on a, on a digital pivot. Um, and I was too confident. I think I was too confident. We raised money way too quickly. We should have built an MVP. We should have validated the business idea uh, once we'd validated it, we got paying users, then we should have gone out and raised money and used that for growth. And we did it completely the wrong way around. And a lot of that is down to my bad decision making. But, you know, we learn. And um, that's the amazing thing is that that and venture is, taught me so much. This is the most important. It's learning. Of course. Mm. After all, we are learning. This is life. And that's it. And everything's going to be good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, my question is like after this experience it's kind of a hard experience because as you mm. said we don't like to quit and mm-hmm. in the entrepreneurial uh, environment it's not maybe the the best uh, decision no. to take yeah. how did you manage the recovery mm. that was an interesting process yeah I, uh, like I said that I was already in a pretty bad shape after the lockdowns and um, the business, the issues with the the music app made all those problems much worse. Uh, so I, when, when we eventually got to the point where we realized we had to shut it, I was in really bad shape. My mental health was really at the lowest it's ever been. And uh, I had to, you know, a lot of my habits had gone because we had been in lockdown. I wasn't going to the gym. I wasn't eating well. I was probably drinking too much, you know, just to th- all, all the things that really are just not not good for, you know, living a good and happy, healthy life. Mm. So, I yeah, I had to start small. I had to start, you know, just exercising, getting out, socializing, finding some joy in the little things, um, trying to eat a little bit better. And it took me took me about a year, I would say, to get back to where I I had been. Um, and actually, now I would probably say I'm sort of out the other side. But it's yeah, I I think probably been one of the hardest lessons that I had to learn. I'd never really had to deal with failure like that before. Um, but, but I think I, now I, I think I'm you, grateful. You, you weren't alone in this experience. You have a family, friends, maybe some. 
yeah. those people how they supported you well it's difficult you know as entrepreneur any entrepreneurs and and so, or solopreneurs listening to this will know that it's the hardest question to answer when your friends say what do you do for work you know like you yeah. sat around at the dinner table and your friend says so what do you do for work and it's um it's really difficult to explain sometimes you know well I'm an entrepreneur I'm trying to do this I'm trying to do that and you don't always share all of the details with people because it's sometimes difficult for them to understand. And I think that that's where I was. I think I felt quite isolated. You know, I've got a great partner who's really supportive through the whole thing. Um, and yeah, if it hadn't been for them, I think it would have been really, I, I, yeah, I don't know how I would have coped. But it, it was difficult with friends because, you know, it, it's really hard to tell them about the size of this thing and, and you know, why it had failed. So yeah, I, it was a very lonely experience. It was it was a really lonely and challenging experience. And I think um, managing that mental health issue on my own was was hard. Um, but as I say, I'm grateful for my supportive partner. And uh, yeah, just I'm not sure what I would have done without it. I'm I'm happy that like you weren't completely alone in that because yeah. it's quite. Uh, Mm. I have some memories now that come in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's talk about crypto. I know. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's you do were it. like you you were one of the intelligent people that adopted very early. I was Yeah. Or 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 really or really stupid people because I so I have an interesting story on on Bitcoin specifically. It depends. It depends on the timing. <laughs> totally. Well, I so 10 well, I don't know, maybe nine, 10 years ago, my dad lent me some money for groceries because I was so broke. I was living in this tiny little bed sit and um, I was, you know, I was working two jobs. This was back when I was working in hospitality and I was just too, completely broke. So my dad lent me some money and uh, it was sat in my bank account. And then I remember just, I used to spend all my time on my computer and I was just, you know, just searching away, reading threads on forums. And I came across this thing, Bitcoin, and I thought it would be really funny to buy some. Um, so I used some of the money that my dad lent me for groceries. Can I ask you how much did you pay? Uh, yeah, it was like a dollar ninety. But I didn't. But I didn't buy very much. <laughs> I didn't buy very much because I didn't have very much money. So I, I, yeah. I, I, no, and, it, and it's, it's a, it's like it's like kind of two dollars, you know. Yeah, right. But but I, I, you know, I didn't buy very much. I just bought a little bit. I thought it'd be really funny to do that. And uh, yeah, I, I stuck it on a um, stuck it in a cold wallet. And that was it. Forgot about it for ages. And then I was I remember I'd completely forgotten about it. And then I think it was 2016, 2017, as we were kind of going into that, that first bull run that was kind of in the news and in the media. And I remember thinking, oh, I've I think I've got some. I think I've got some Bitcoin somewhere, and um, yeah, I was like, "This is great, amazing news." Because I was, you know, still not very rich then, and we were going through this, you know, building a business, and I didn't have a lot of cash. I thought this is amazing news. So, I, I, yeah, I'd luckily I'd emailed myself my private keys. The thing we, we we don't we don't like uh, <laughs> advice. No, no, no. Do not. Yeah, do not. No, and I will say to you now: do not ever, ever, ever email yourself your private keys. That's so dumb. Please. But please don't do it. <laughs> but I was I, I don't know why I was just a kid. I emailed myself my private keys um, for an email account that I'd 
no longer had access to. So I was like, okay, I've got to get into this email account and then I've got to find the private keys and then I've got to somehow get into this wallet. And um, we were taking a flight out to Croatia at the time and I was stood in the queue because I'd seen it in the news waiting to get on the plane. I was trying to figure all this stuff out on my phone. And yeah, managed it. No, but you were like, let's hack this box. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get into this email account. I was like, I don't care yeah. what it takes. I was like, I'll raise customer support. I'll send them my ID. You know, whatever it takes to get into this thing. Um, and I, yeah, I did. I managed it on the holiday, and that was it. It kind of re-sparked my love for crypto, and I, um, I sold all of my Bitcoin uh, during that bull run uh, because I. I was just stupid. I, you know, sold it at a at a price, but I made a really good return. And a friend of mine, Kevin, was also starting to get into crypto and crypto investing. And he reached out to me one day and said, uh, you know, I'd really love to uh, start doing a podcast around this because there's no really good podcast. And I'm trying to get, you know, I'm trying to learn about this space and nobody, you know, nobody's doing it. So how, what do you think? And I... Yeah, agreed. So in 2017, we started Crypto Pulse. But let's go back to like investing in crypto because mm. you started with the best Bitcoin. But uh, of course, uh, yeah. After that, I think you continued uh, investing in crypto and other cryptos. Mm-hmm. And yep. for me, it's I think like it's the the hardest point because we have to check the projects before taking coins yeah how did you manage this and i don't know if you bought from other cryptos or like you stopped with bitcoin no i i yeah it was difficult not to start to buy buy others you know you see you see I think Ripple did some crazy 120,000% return. Um, I think in that bull run, there were things like XVG that did really well, Verge. Um, you know, there were lo- loads of really interesting crypto. But like we have to say that there is also a lot of scams. Loads, loads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, it, I mean, managing risk in the crypto space is the most important thing. And if you're, if you haven't, if you haven't got a, like a nose for risk, it's probably not something that you should do. Um, you have to do a lot of research. I mean, you've got to sit down and really read the white papers, you know, get get involved in the team's Discord channels, find out who the founders are, you know, read the white papers back to front, find out what exchanges they're listed on. Because um, if they're listed on some, you know, some weird. strange... <laughs> weird exchange you know like trade ogre i think was one of them and it was like you know some weird little exchange in the corners of the internet and yeah you you have to figure out which ones are are the good ones but even i mean like you only for anyone that's checking in on the crypto stuff now crypto and blockchain like you've only got to look even the big 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 players like ftx who would have ever thought that ftx and sam bankman free would have yeah it's like 2022 uh, surprise actually. yeah so. huge that's it actually i, mean, I, I I've, I've i felt like uh, I, I felt bad because i am i'm afraid that people don't trust uh, crypto mm. after that it's huge even you know 
yeah but my question is, is like did you use crypto like as trader like you just like buying and selling or you kept you, you or you kept the the, the coins mm. yeah so i i bought bitcoin back and yeah i do i use it now with a lightning network if i'm ever anywhere that accepts bitcoin payments then i'll i'll scan the qr code and i'll pay with bitcoin um yeah just because i li- i like using it and i like supporting businesses that accept bitcoin for payments um but bitcoin's a difficult one because it's it, it i mean it is without a doubt the best one it's the only one that is a digital commodity um there's no sort of founding team it's um you know it is essentially digital gold i think it's it's difficult because it's not it's still not quite a store of value and it's still not quite a payment system you know it's not it's still not a great oh dropped a light um it's still not a great payment system and it's still not really a good place to put your savings so yeah actually now i will say the the date just uh, we are like the 4 january uh, 2023 it's not mm. like the best time maybe for the bitcoin it's like 16000 or something like that mm-hmm. yeah it's i think it's uh, it's harsh moment do you still believe in bitcoin yeah yeah do you still i do believe in crypto yeah i do because i think the monetary system the global monetary system is broken i think fundamentally we've got this Uh, you know, we have this thing called quantitative easing where uh, central banks can just print more money. And and that is uh, essentially, you know, it creates enormous amounts of inflation. And that is theft from the average Joe. You know, people like us, you know, the cost of living now has gone up by nearly 100% in the last five years because central banks are just printing more money. And we, we don't have any control over that. The value of our savings is going down. The cost of everything is going up. Um And I do believe in Bitcoin because it's a it's a fixed supply. It's 21 million units. There can never be any more. And I, I don't know. Actually, I have a, a question. It's like yeah. kind of it's it don't you you don't think that like the banks are kind of obliged to 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 print paper because we as uh, people we have very weird um, uh, vision on growth. Hmm. So actually. If we really think that it's limited, there isn't any growth. Mm, yeah, I mean, because we all want to have a lot of money, and if yeah. money is like, I, I don't know, I don't. Know. Yeah, well, the, I mean, the growth um, of the monetary supply has been quite steady up until the start of the COVID pandemic, where. The M1 money supply um, went up by something like 500%. And they, you know, they used this global event to create an enormous amount of brand new money to stimulate the economy, which wasn't actually needed. And that's that's the reason why we're in this high inflation environment now. But it's, yeah, it, it's difficult. I mean, I would say since the 2008 uh, economic crash, I would say that most of the growth that investors have achieved has been mostly down to the monetary policy. I think it's the fact that lots of new money is being printed. It's artificially inflated the value of assets. So that's property, that's commodities, it's stocks and shares. Um, But, you know, I mean, you've got to look at like Elon Musk, for example. 
Like, there's no way that Elon Musk 10 years ago would ever have been able to achieve anything like $300 billion in net worth. This just never, never, ever would have happened. And it's only happened because of the, the massive growth in Tesla stock, which has been largely fueled by central banks pumping new money into the system. So, um, yeah, it's made the rich richer. And unfortunately for the average Joe, the people that are saving money, inflation has meant that the value of their savings has gone down. You know, if you go into, um, you know, if you go into a bakery now and you want to buy a loaf of bread, well, that loaf of bread 10 years ago would have cost you a dollar. And today it probably Completely. cost you something like three or four dollars. Um, but the, the other thing to remember is that your earnings are not higher. Your, your employer will do everything to keep your earnings the same. So if you if your if your salary or your wages are not rising in line with inflation, then yeah. you are taking you are taking a pay cut. You're taking a pay cut every year, and like, it's us that suffers. I would just say something, please, Elon, not ban our accounts, <laughs> 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 because Ben is saying something like not very good to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. yeah, don't. yeah. No, I, 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 I like my Twitter people. Please, uh, yeah, oh no, yeah, please, please don't lock me out of your account, Overlord <laughs> Elon Musk. I will get back to worshiping you soon. <laughs> let's let's go to like Twitter because it is interesting for like entrepreneur today. Mm. And I know, and I see, I'm following you, that you are working seriously on your Twitter and the growth mm. of your account. Mm. Yeah, it's an in, it's interesting Twitter. I never really used it properly until last year. I just figured out what you're supposed to do with it. <laughs> I yeah. used to spend a lot of time just <laughs> just learning it. But I, I used it every day for about 10 years, but I would just consume a lot of content. So I'd open mm. it, or, you know, on the train and just scroll and scroll and scroll and like things. And then I realized you could actually build a proper... Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, just kill some time. But then I realized that you can actually build an audience with it. And that's that's really interesting to me. And it's something that I I'm just starting to play around with. So I wouldn't say I'm great at it yet. I'm still learning, but it's um, yeah, it, it is it is an interesting tool, definitely for building an audience. And I think and if you're people, not, mm. I, I don't know if you have the same people as me, but like the people I have on Twitter are like magic, magical people. They're so cool, aren't they? Yes, because I I choose people I follow, and they think people that follows me follow me uh, choose me, mm -hmm. and I always find someone really to help, and this is for me magic. Totally, yeah. But I will try to recapitulate. You, you, you started as designer. Mm -hmm. You went to, you, create, you created a, an agency. Yeah. And uh, now you're working on digital product. Mm -hmm. How yeah. can you, like, it's like kind of um, a lot of adaptability mm. and uh, a lot of like uh, soft skill because mm. we can make money in one way but it's not um, easy to 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 make money in different way yeah how that's... do you do that sir what I is the, what is the tip mm. that lets you open to all those challenges mm. 
question. I like I like variety. I like um, experimenting, and you know my 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 real skill in business, I would say, is marketing. It's the thing that I really enjoy the most. I enjoy taking a product and taking it out, taking a service and finding the market for it. And I think those skills work really with any business. Um, but I think m- like more than that is just about finding the thing that you are passionate about. And I think very often we tell ourselves that we should stick to one thing, you know, let's just choose, you know, I'm going to build a SaaS product and I'm just going to stick to that. But, you know, how would you know what your strengths are if you don't try other things? Um, And I think I've proven that, you know, I tried something like in 2019, you know, the music app, which didn't go well, I failed horribly. Um, So uh, arguably, I haven't (laughs) succeeded in all of these things. Actually, for me, for me, like, the 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 recovery process is a huge success actually because mm, a lot yeah, of people true. a lot of people have come there kind of some issues or some failures and they yeah. just go to go back to be an employee and it's not bad yeah. to be an employee because everyone mm. have like uh, his strengths and we need people also that are not passionate by entrepreneurship it's not yeah bad it's not for everyone uh, yeah but I think that people that try in the first time being an entrepreneur and goes back to employees, it's like kind of, it's not really what they want. Mm. It's it's the safe area if you can say it like that. Yeah, I I like owning my time. That's something I realized really early on. I like waking up whenever I wake up, and I like going wherever I want to go, and that can't happen if I don't if I you know I'm not making money as an entrepreneur you know i can't i can't do that as an employee or as an investor or or as an investor yeah well yeah. that's it i kind of transition now into into that which is which is really exciting i love doing that yeah. um so yeah i think i think i've just figured out some figured out a way that fits to my lifestyle and i i don't you know i'm not mega mega ambitious i don't want to be one of these guys that's worth hundreds of millions you know I, that's just i don't need that pressure in my life but you know, multiple seven figures, high seven figures, that's good, that's comfortable, you know, I want to be financially free and give my kids a good life and to be able to provide for my family and to not and to have options. I think that's the important thing is to know that if I decide I want to do something, then we have the option to to do it. And it makes life more exciting, you know, takes the pressure off. And it just means that we can live authentically, which is, um, not always possible but as i say it's taken me taken me about 12 years to get to this point it, you know it hasn't happened overnight it's quick you know there's some people who are like mm. it's just more time yeah but i just want to say some, something it's not question as usually okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> actually investing it's it needs learning it's mm. not spontaneously you know and the um, we maybe have like some sensitivity to it when we start as an entrepreneur, but it's not mm-hmm. easy to choose uh, a career. Like it takes a lot of time to to read about the project, to understand, to 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 the see numbers, to check things, people, etc. Mm. 
how do you actually manage time to do all of that? Um, I think it starts with the people. I think you can you can figure out whether something's worth investing your time in just by meeting meeting the founders, talk to the founders, get get to know them, get to know what makes them tick, what's their why, what's their passion. Um, have you know have they ever had major failings before because you know that's a that's a great thing so i think for me i start i start you with just the founders. check like, like the failure is in the yeah text. i'm like i'm like how many <laughs> how many times have you failed have you okay, failed well. before no okay that's okay I'm that's sorry, a red I'm sorry i cannot i cannot i'm out yeah that's a red flag if somebody's yeah. not had a major failing you know it's it failings are great so yeah i think just a half an hour chat with somebody really figure them out and if you're good at people you'll kind of pick up you'll pick up whether something's worth exploring. And then after that, maybe then, you know, you have a good read through the deck, you look through the financials. Um, but a lot of it is also about how tapped into, um, how tapped into um, the problem you are. You know, I only invest in things I understand. So if somebody came to me with some crazy biotech uh, project, that I know nothing about I don't know anything about the market I don't know how you do it then I would just say no because you know I don't I don't know the first thing about biotech and I haven't got the time to learn about it but you know come to me with a SaaS product that solves a problem that I understand um and I'll and I'll have a go I think the other the other thing as well I I, I think I said this to you last time is that as an angel investor you have to um you have to know that a very large percentage of your investments will fail. It's just yes, but you you should yeah minimize that totally. Yeah, it's my job to minimize my job to minimize that risk and to uh, try and increase my chances of success. Um, so I I I know starting from that place is good. All I've got to do is maximize my chances of success. And if it, you know if that means investing in projects I understand, um, then yeah then that's what i do it's very 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 interesting thank you very mm. much ben for your time oh, and welcome. i will just go now to the my favorite part the oh, questions okay. yes <laughs> okay do you prefer building products or building love okay i've got to answer quickly uh product san francisco or dubai san francisco all day long podcast audio or video Video. Me too. Hmm. Filming or writing? Writing, I think. Family or money? <laughs> Family. <laughs> Family. I, actually, it's like it's a tricky question, and I like sometimes answers because. Yeah, no, that was a hard one. Family, I'm not like uh, very close with when people don't have money. <laughs> well, there's some members of my family yeah. that I would absolutely get rid of. No, I'm, ki I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's kidding. He's kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Breakfast or dinner? Breakfast. Retweets or post? Oh, retweets. Why? Because um, they're easier. You mean retweeting my own stuff? No, or other people. people yeah. Oh, posting. Yeah, posting. Posting. Okay, mm -hmm. sure. Early morning yeah. or late at night? Early morning. Twitter. Five o'clock. Twitter or LinkedIn? 
Twitter. Yeah. Actually, there is uh, a lot of people on LinkedIn and it's a really viral uh, social media. But yeah, I, like I hear great th- I hear great <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, maybe one day. Beach or mountains? Beach. Humans behind the business or <laughs> or random other podcasts? It's, it's a joke. On, it's got it's got to be humans behind the business, right? <laughs> I mean, it's got the great the greatest host. It's it's got oh. good guests. Uh, <laughs> oh, the yeah, best guests ever. Yeah. Thank Without you very much, Ben, for your time. I hope yeah. you enjoyed the the time you spent with me, and I hope people will enjoy this time and they learn a lot from you. Hmm. Uh, for me, it was very good, and I'm happy. I'm very happy. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, Anna, thank That's you right. very much for inviting me onto the show. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I wish you all the success with the show. Thank you, thank you.